to ask you a question before we get started. I want you to think right now, and I want you to, in your mind or on your paper as you have a pencil or a pen, to write down right now the top three things you're thankful for today. Top th three things you're thankful for today. We all have a, something we ought to be thankful for today. And I'll tell you what, if you can't think of anything, you will before this uh, message is over. I believe we've got a lot to be thankful for, no doubt. And I want to share a message the Lord's got on my heart. I've been thinking about it this week. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, that's the title of the message. Thank you, Jesus, because our Lord certainly has been good to me, and I believe he's been good to all of us. And so as you think about your list, being thankful today as we approach this Thanksgiving season. And speaking of being thankful, uh, I heard about a situation up in the Rocky Mountains. And speaking of giving this time of the year, temperatures had dropped, a blizzard had blown in, and the Red Cross suspected that there might not be any survivors up in this particular area where the snowstorm hit. And so the Red Cross decided to send out some helicopters and with some supplies such as food and water and clothing, hoping to rescue anybody and everybody that might be trapped in this snowstorm. And as they made their way in the helicopter, they noticed a little cabin seemed to be almost buried under the snow. And they thought to themselves, surely no one could survive this intense blizzard that we've experienced. And so instead of landing the helicopter right there at the cabin, they chose to land it about a half a mile before they got to the cabin. And as they got out, they trampled through the waist-deep snow until they finally made their way over to the cabin, not suspecting anyone would be alive in the cabin. They knocked on the door. A little old scrawny lady about 95 years old opened the door. And one of the men with the Red Cross said, Hello, ma'am, we're here with the Red Cross. And she looked at them and said, Sonny, it's been a cold winter. I don't have anything to give today. <laughs> and so I don't know about you if you've got anything to give to the Lord, but certainly we're looking forward to this time of the year. And I want to share with you five reasons why you and I ought to be thankful today. And not only that, but five reasons that I believe that you and I ought to be telling others about Jesus. Amen. That's a good place to say amen right there. Oh, yes, the Lord Jesus, he's the greatest thing in all the world. Five reasons we're going to see in our text today as we open our Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Find your Bible. Find 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Keep it open because this is a tremendous chapter in the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't know if you've got a list making it right now, but I would encourage you to count your many blessings, name them one by one. I'll assure you there's a lot of people who would trade places with you in a heartbeat. I was out early this morning about 6 o'clock. It was before the sun came up, and it was about 31 degrees, and I was out walking. I like to get out early in the morning. And uh, anyway, it was chilly, needless to say. And I was thinking about how many people would be willing to trade places with you right where you're at. 
There's a lot of people I know. In fact, I've talked with them this week. They'd be glad to trade places with you. We're going to look at today five reasons why you and I ought to be thankful to the Lord, why we ought to serve the Lord, why we ought to love the Lord, why we ought to give to the Lord, why we ought to let Jesus have his way with us, and why we ought to tell somebody else about the love of God. Five reasons in this particular chapter we'll see in a moment. First, there's great in place for the race. Don't worry about writing them down right now. I'll get them on the screen just shortly. Grace for the race. Yes, grace for the race with God's vision. Number one, we'll see that in 2 Corinthians chapter number four and verses one and two. Secondly, not only grace for the race, but we're going to be thankful to God and we're going to tell somebody about thank you, Jesus, for your great salvation with your transformation. Yes, we'll see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. And then number 3, not only uh, give thanks to the Lord and uh, uh, thank you, Jesus, uh, because of your great salvation with your transformation, but what about your gifts and your callings to fulfill your mission? God's given us gifts. God's called us days such as this in spite of all the difficulties in which we face. And so the gifts and callings to fulfill the mission that the Lord has called you and me to uh, fulfill until our time comes. And then not only his gifts and callings, but number four, we'll see in a moment, and that, by the way, will be found in verses 5 through 7. And then number four, what about thank you, Jesus, for growing stronger in you through tribulation growing stronger through you in tribulation. We'll see that very clearly in verses 7 and 8 of the text and also verse 9. And then number 5, thank you, Jesus, for getting us ready to go to our final destination. And we'll see that very clearly in verses 16 through 18. I want to read one verse, and then we'll expound the chapter as the Lord gives us time. So would you please stand as we read the Word of God and note this verse. This is what registered in my heart as I was studying this week and praying, Lord, what would you have us to look at today? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And you're well aware the Apostle Paul is laying out his heart in this particular epistle. The first epistle, the first uh, all the 16 chapters, he's opening up the church, as it were, taking the roof off, allowing us to see what this church is all about, and yet, this second epistle, he's being more personal in his approach to the church and to us today. Look at it, chapter 4 and verse number 14 and 15. If you're there, say amen. amen. Knowing, ure, that's not the word gnosko, but knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. That word present means uh, it's an intimate word. It has to do with fellowship. <laughs> this is a great promise indeed. Look at verse 15. Here's where I want you to really pay attention. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through, here it is, the thanksgiving of many redound or excel to the glory of of God. And the people of God said, Amen. this is the word of God. Father, thank you now for your grace for the race. 
Thank you, Lord, for sparing us another day, for allowing us to come to worship you, the living God of heaven and earth. Lord, I want to bless you for your cleansing power. And I thank you for your word today and for those that have gathered. Give us hearts to receive your word, our minds. Clear them, Lord, from all distractions. And, oh, God, tune us in, Holy Spirit, all that you have for us. Build us up in your word. Change us and save the lost, we pray. Oh, God, those that are closest to eternity, we pray you'll snatch them, as it were, as a brand plucked from the fire. And those of us that are, give us a burning passion and compassion to go and tell, to share, not only keep the blessings to ourselves, but to reach out in a dying and a desperate world because we know you're coming again, Jesus, and we say, even so come in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going in the text today. As I mentioned, thank you, Jesus. Reasons you ought to be thankful. Reasons we ought to be sharing the love of God. I can't think of a better time in all the world. I've already given you the five reasons why you and I ought to be thankful and why we and I ought, you and I ought to be giving glory to God, telling people, number one, we'll see grace is in place for the race with your vision. And I'm sorry I had to write this as small as I could, but I sat back there, Eddie, where you were at last night to see if you could read that. If you've got good eyes, you can read that. If you're like me, glasses, you've got to really squint a little bit. But don't worry about it. I'll bring these same points up on the screen later. So if you don't get them right now, don't fret about it, okay? You'll get them in just a moment. I'll have them bigger in a moment. Number two, God's great salvation with your transformation. By the way, you say, Pastor, why do you always bring a screen? Why do you always bring this? You know why? I used to preach without this and can still do it. Last week I had the privilege of preaching without any kind of screen. But there's some of you, I'm not going to name any names, Mary, but there's some of you that said, Pastor, you go so fast, it's hard for me to keep up with you. And so I said, well, Lord, I'll just begin to write them on a PowerPoint every week and uh, develop it so that you can write them down. And I'm so grateful to God that many of you take notes. What a blessing. And so this is a teaching, preaching time. And so, uh, and that's the reason, all right? So, number three, what about it? Gifts and callings to fulfill your mission. All of this is derived from chapter four of the book of 2 Corinthians. And so we're not going here and there and yonder. We're staying right here in the text. What we call expositional, expository preaching. Now, number three, gifts and calling to fulfill your mission. Number four, growing. Why should we thank the Lord? Thank you, Jesus, because we're growing stronger. I need somebody to help me right there. We're growing stronger through tribulation as a Christian. Oh, yes, you're going to shout, you're going to shout when we get to this part. And then number five, getting us ready for our homecoming destination. Oh, my, this is such a blessing to me, and I believe it will be a blessing to you as well. All right, number one, the first reason why we ought to give thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tell me something. Have you given thanks to the Lord today? Have you praised the Lord today? Have you told Jesus you love him today? You might not have done it, have you? <laughs> Can I just be personal with you for a moment? How many of you spent as much time with Jesus as you did getting ready? Yeah, huh? Yeah. How much time do you spend getting ready to church today? <laughs> I'm glad you did, bless the Lord. But I want to encourage you to spend as much time with Jesus as you do getting ready for work and getting ready for church. Why? It's worth it. 
Yeah, what a great God we serve. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. The Lord's been good to me. He's been good to us. And so, number one, grace is in place for the race for your and with your vision. And as I thought about this, notice the first verse of the text. Therefore, seeing we had this ministry, we have received Elio. Elio is the word for mercy. Elio, we've received mercy. God has shown us not what we deserve, but he's extended his mercy, not giving us what we really deserve, but he extended forgiveness and grace in place for the race. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He said, because of the mercies, Elio, because of the mercies of God, we faint not. I like this part. We faint not. Say that with me. One more time. We faint not. You know what that means? We're not giving up. We're not going to cave in. We're not going to lose heart. That's literally the rendering of that word, faint. We're not going to lose courage. I'm preaching to somebody right now that you've been down. You've been discouraged. Things aren't going maybe the way you want them to go. But the Lord has said he is able to strengthen us no matter the discouragement, no matter the troubles, no matter the trials. We can thank God for his grace is in place for the race. I believe there's somebody you today that's sitting in the house of God today that needs somebody to hold up your hands. You like Moses, and you remember Moses went upon the mountain and he held up the rod of God in his hand. And as long as he held up the rod of God, Joshua and the Israelites recorded in the 17th chapter of the book of Exodus when Amalek came, Joshua and the Israelites won the battle as long as his hands were held up. But do you remember the account? When his hands began to get heavy, is there any mamas and daddies that are getting heavy? Is there any Christians here that are getting a little weary and well-doing? Is there anybody here that needs an Aaron and her to hold up their hands because the battle is raging, brothers, and the battle is raging, sisters, but the battle's been won by God's only Son? If I could get somebody to help hold up my hands, I know I would win the victory. Thank God the victory is in store. Yes, it is. Jesus said, in, for example, in the second chapter of this particular book, thanks be to God, Paul wrote, who always causes us to triumph in Christ, maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge but us in every place. And so we have the grace in place for the race. Yes, last week I had the privilege of preaching at Northside Baptist Church in Lake City, Florida. And the Lord had me to share a message entitled, Keep Your Eye on the Prize. Keep Your Eye on the Prize. How many believe that's important these days? With all the distractions going on and all the things going on, keep your eye on the prize. And uh, as the uh, Lord gave me the text, Philippians 1, 6, He that begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It was the message in essence. Where are you at now? Where have you been and where are you going? That would be applicable to you right now. Where have you been? Look at where you've been. Look at where you're at and look at where you're going. As I shared the message, I said that to say this. The end of the message, I noticed a young man sitting right over here where you're sitting. He sat right over here. And I could tell the Holy Spirit of God was dealing with him. You know, I can look out at the crowd and I can look at your face and I can tell if you're listening and I can tell if God's dealing with you. 
I really can. The Spirit of God shows that He's dealing with many of us today. And I can tell when you're distracted looking out the window, and I can tell when you fall asleep, somebody say amen. <laughs> Wake him up. Bless the Lord. Anyway, here's the point. That young man, 43 years old, his name is Chris, and we gave the invitation. Here come Chris. But he came down like a beeline, hit the, hit the altar. And of course, I was praying at the altar. I believe that the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I know the Lord honors His Word. He said it will not return to me void. That's Isaiah 55, verse 10. That's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. But Chris humbled himself. And, uh, and I was praying too. And I said that to say this. When Brother Pastor Burl got with him and talked with him, uh, after we finished the invitation, Chris stood up and said, I've been sitting on the sidelines. I've been a spectator. I've not been a participator. He said, God, the Holy Spirit showed up today, and God showed me. I've been sitting on the sideline. I need to get in the battle. I need to serve my Lord while I've got time. And he rededicated his life. And further, he said, I've joined this great vibrant church family and become a part of the church of the living God. I said, praise the Lord, Chris. Thank God, Chris. Is there somebody you today, you've been sitting on the sideline. You know really deep in your heart, you hadn't surrendered yourself, your substance, your service to the Lord. And God's saying today, it's time to get off the sideline. It's time to get out of the grandstand. How many believe in New Rock Creek Baptist Church, you've been serving for a while? How many would say, you saints of God, we could use a little reinforcements these days? Yes, we could, because there's a battle raging. There's a, there's a world out there, and I know and you know that things are, are not uh, as far as some of the events unfolding according to the Scripture. They're going to continue to escalate until Christ Jesus comes again. Thank God we've read the last page, though. Hey, number two, it's a grace in place for the race with his vision. Do you have the Lord's vision? Are you serving him with his purpose? I'll tell you something. You can make all the money in the world. You can have all the pleasure in the world. But you know, those of you, those of us that have experienced some of the things that I'm talking about, if you don't have a relationship with the living God, if you're not absolutely fulfilling God's purpose for being here, being conformed to the image of Christ, you will never be satisfied with simply material blessings. You'll never be fully fulfilled until you... Uh, enter in what God's plan is for you. I believe the Lord is saying that to some of us today. Maybe you've done that and you know that, but you've drifted a little bit. The Lord's saying, come back home. Because there's a second reason that you and I ought to serve the Lord and praise the Lord, because of His great salvation with our transformation. Look at number verse 2. Look at verse 2 in the text. Notice what he says in chapter 4, verse 2. But have we renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God? And what is he saying here? He's saying, if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, look at this, verse 3 and 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine unto them. Do you ever stop and wonder, why don't you get it? I mean, I really love people. How many love people? We need to love their 
people, but not their sin. But do you ever wonder, why don't you get it? Why aren't you serving the Lord? Why don't you turn to Jesus? Why don't you repent of your sin? Why don't you ask Jesus, forgive you? Are you, are you blinded? Are you deceived? What's wrong? Look what you have to gain. Look what you have to lose. It take a foolish man or woman to deny the sacrificial atoning death of Jesus Christ. Well, nobody in their right mind would want to die and perish without God to go out to an eternity called hell, the lake of fire. And you wonder, what in the world's going on in your mind? And I'll tell you what it is. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. They can't see the truth. They can't understand the truth because they reject the truth. Listen, and Paul said to Timothy, he said, in that third chapter of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, he said, know this, in the last days, perilous times shall come. How many believe we're living in perilous times? He said, for men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unthankful. That's one of the characteristics of the late day. Yes, the last days. Unthankful. Now listen to me, parents. Listen to me. How many would agree that... And even us, I must admit, but it seems like this younger generation has really got a lot to learn when it comes to being thankful, appreciative. And it's only until we go through certain things that we really develop an attitude of gratitude. It seems that way. But I'm not saying that critically, young people. Listen to me. We love you. I love you. And I believe God's got plans for you. But this thing of thankfulness, listen to what uh, the writer Paul wrote to the church of Rome describing the downward trend as a prosecuting attorney, declaring man is guilty before a holy God because he's missed the mark. He sinned, and all his sin comes short of the glory of God. Listen to what he says. He says in chapter 1, verse 20, because he said, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither indeed were thankful but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be wise, became as fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God to an image made like the corruptible men, and birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God gave them over to their own lusts. They might dishonor the bodies between themselves, having changed the truth of God into a lie, and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator who's blessed forever. Amen. Thankful. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continuously. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks in his name. Hey, y'all, look up here just a minute. How many know it's easy to be thankful to God when things are going good? It's another thing when things aren't going good. In fact, I want you to write this verse down. 1 Thessalonians 5:18. And Paul says in that great letter, in verse 16, he said, rejoice forevermore. Verse 17, he said, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, 1 Thessalonians 18, in everything give thanks. Say that with me. In everything give thanks. Say that with me. Some of you aren't saying it. Come on, say it with me. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Listen to me. I don't know about you, but I'm confessing. Hello, are you awake? I'm confessing, when I'm going through trouble or trial, it's not until I begin to break out of my whining and my complaining, can I get a witness? Not until I break out of that, 
that I began to say, Lord, I don't know why I'm going to thank you. I don't know why I'm going to praise you, but you inhabit the praises of your people. I'm going to go ahead and thank God anyway. And that's when the breakthrough comes. That's when the peace comes. That's when the fulfillment comes, when we go ahead and thank God anyway. I came to church to thank God anyway. Have you thanked God today? <laughs> hey, look, tell the devil, get behind you. Why? In everything, give thanks. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. They may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That is icon, the exact representation of the Lord. And so, I don't know about today where you're at, but i tell you what. How important it is to be right with God. Y'all look up here just a minute. I talked with a lady this week. She called, well, I called her, actually. It was on uh, Friday night. And this dear lady, some of you know her. She's a mother, and she was taking care of her son. Get this now, 28 years old. How many of y'all are 28 or under? Wait, raise your hand. 28 or uh, under. Bless the Lord, only one in the house of God today. No, I'm just kidding. There's others that just didn't raise their hand under 28. Here's the point. This dear lady, her son got sick last Saturday, a week ago. He's been to church here. She's been to church here. And he got sick, and she went to town. Uh, my understanding, I don't know all the details, but at least my understanding what I've been told. And as I talked with her for about 30 minutes, prayed with her on the phone, she came back home and was cooking something for her son. Her son never did come down. He worked at Amazon. He never did come down for the meal. So she went upstairs to check on him. And he wasn't breathing. She tried to give him CPR, but it didn't help. He passed away. 28 years old. And as I talked with that dear mother, the funeral will be next week, Sunday. And her name's Beverly. Pray for her. And she's Daniel's teacher. It was her son, Will. Will came to Daniel's baptism. Beverly came to Daniel's baptism. I'm saying this, and I asked her, I said, oh, was he ready to meet Jesus? She said, yes. I said, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, what does a man profit if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? We're not promised of tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Now is accepted time. Young people die and go out eternity without God. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, not saved, I would say I'd run to the altar and cry out to Jesus to save me real quick. I really would, because time's running out. And you're flirting around with your life, and I want to tell you something. Prepare to meet thy God, Amos chapter 4. I love you. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just telling you like it is. I told her, I said, you know, there's a young man, 28 years old, preached his funeral just a little while ago. I remember at 14 years old here at New Rocky Creek and heard the gospel. Christ died for our sins, was buried the third day, rose again. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. And I remember that young man said yes to Jesus. I forgive me my sin. I, I need Lord. I want to receive him as many as received him. To him gave me power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And I thank God he was scourged to save at the privilege of baptizing him. And little did any of us know, about 10 years later, he'd be in a motorcycle wreck right down the road, Jackson Lake Road. I got the call. I was preaching down at Altoona, Florida, and was told Jesse Andrews was in a motorcycle wreck, and he was killed right down the road. 
But as I thought about it and prayed about it, and they asked me to preach the funeral, the place was packed out with his friends. And, and, and I said, oh, thank God. Thank God. Praise the Lord. Sandy, his mama. Thank you, Jesus. Jesse got things right before he went out in eternity. And I'll tell you, eternity is too long to be wrong. It is. Now, as we go from this third reason, we ought to praise the Lord and give thanks to the Lord and tell somebody else. Yes, today, today is number three, because thank you, Jesus, for your gifts and your callings to fulfill your mission. I don't know about you, but I, I think you ought to do this. Are you ready? If, you, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. I think you ought to probably pinch yourself like I do every once in a while and say, oh, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Thank you, Lord, for calling me to serve you. Lord, I know it's not of me, it's of you. Lord, I want to fulfill your purpose. I want to run the race. I want to accomplish your will in my life. And I want to tell you something. Every single child of God in the house of God today, we all need to surrender afresh to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to thank you for your gifts and callings. God's gifted you. Do you realize you're gifted? Do you realize the Holy Spirit gifts you? Are you really serving in that gift? Whether it be teaching, whether it be exhortation, whether it be administration, whether it be mercy, whether it be giving, whether it be serving, multitude of what I call ministry gifts and motivational gifts and then their manifestational gifts listed. I think the most important are the motivational gifts listed in Romans chapter 12. The ministry gifts, of course, are in Ephesians chapter 4. And the manifestational gifts are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But here's the point. The point is, Lord, I want to fulfill my mission. Look at this. We have this. Anybody know what this word is? Do you know what it really is? You ready for this? Thesaurus. Thesaurus. Say it with me. Thesaurus. Anybody know what a thesaurus is? That's the technical word. Treasure. It means something precious. We have this treasure. Oh, bless the Lord. <laughs> we have this precious treasure in earthen vessels. Look, in clay pots. We have this It'd be like, it'd be like, how many of you ladies have a diamond ring? Hold up your hand. I'm not going to ask you to give it to me. Some of you don't have a diamond ring on. Bless the Lord. I'm trying to help you, all right? Anyway, it'd be like having a diamond ring in a dirty sock. You ever thought about getting an old, dirty, nasty sock, mud on it, stinking, and take a diamond ring and put it in it? That's what God is saying. God's given us his Holy Spirit. And it's like a diamond ring in these clay pots of ours. We ought to thank God for that. <laughs> we have this treasure, thesaurus, in earthen vessels, clay pots. These old clay pots are wearing out. That the excess of the power may be of God and not of us. And so I want to praise the Lord for God equipping us, God calling us, God gifting us. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Pastor... I, I, I can't teach, and I can't preach, and I can't sing, and I can't. Guess what? Join the crowd. God does not want our ability. He wants our availability. 
He said, you see your calling, brethren, how not many wise men after the flesh, not many noble are called, for God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, so that no flesh shall glory in his presence, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made into his wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according to as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Bottom line, the world's heroes are God's zeros, but God's heroes are the world's zeros. I'll tell you, God will take the foolishness of man and bring something good about it. Bottom line is we need to surrender afresh to Jesus today. Say, Lord, fill me as a godly husband. God, fill me as a godly dad. God, fill me as a godly wife. Lord, fill me as a godly Christian, a Sunday school teacher, a preacher, a singer. Lord, we can't operate in the arm of flesh. The flesh will fail us. It in the flesh dwells no good thing. And you can tell the difference in a child of God who is really yielded to the Lord and has been praying, not my will, but your will be done. I must decrease, but you must increase. That's where God wants us. Will you do that today? Will you say, Jesus, I want to be a witness? And the question is, we've been called to be a witness. Evangelism is a gift. But look, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The excellence, the power may be of God, not of us. Hey, there's a fourth reason why you ought to thank the Lord today. And speaking of witnesses, look up here. How many are like that? Duct tape on your mouth. When it comes to speaking for the Lord, and I'm not talking about being a Pharisee here, and I'm not talking about being legalistic here. I'm talking about being led of the Spirit. I'll be honest with you, folks. See if you agree. The best news I know is that Jesus saved me, and he'll save anybody. Amen. I only got a couple of people say amen. You see, witnessing, why aren't we sharing our faith more? We whine about America. We whine about the government. We whine about this, but I just want to know this, and I'm asking myself this. What are you doing about it? Well, I'm coming to church. That's just step one. <laughs> you got to go to step two. Are you telling? Are you shining with your lips, with your life, with your walk, with your talk? Hey, don't be ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. And some of you got a lot of influence. you got a lot of friends. And you could, uh, I want to encourage you and challenge you today. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You say, but I'm afraid, but brother pastor, I'll run them away. My pastor used to tell me this. He said, well, where are you going to run them to? Hell number two? <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. So how many today need to say, Lord, I, I need to step up. I need to step up. I, 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 I know I've been called to be a witness. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the most parts of the earth. How many know that this Thanksgiving Christmas can be a great time to spend time with your family. And you say, but all my family is Christian. Can I ask you a question? Is all your family serving God and writing the will of God? Talk to me, somebody. Probably not. Probably not. Now, I don't mean to go beat people over the head with the Bible. You know better than that. I'm not talking about, you know, looking at them with our long nose. I'm saying pray. Ask God to give you that door of opportunity to share the love of Christ, to be available, to be used as a tool in the master's hand. Without prayer, you'll get what the flesh can do. 
But when you pray and you yield to the Holy Spirit, you get what God can do. And I'll be honest with you, we see what the flesh can do. The problem with America is just what I mentioned. We need more good salt and good light in this community. I mean, the church ought to be packed out today. Come on, talk to me, somebody. It ought to be packed out. This community, you know how many people are in Jasper County? I'm grateful to God you're here, but the masses, wide and broad is the gate that leads to destruction. Many will choose their end. Straight and narrow is the gate that leads to everlasting life. Few there be that find it. But I don't know about you, but I want to I throw out the lifeline, and, and I don't always do that all the time, but I'm praying even in this message, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sin. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, here's the bottom line. If you've been forgiven, how many of y'all been forgiven of your sin? Let me see your hand. Don't you want somebody else to experience that? See, that's what it's all about. Man, I just want you to feel this great feeling, this joy, this peace, this victory that Jesus gives us. There's a better life. There's a better way. Yeah, there is. So, number four, growing through, growing stronger through tribulation, tribulation as a Christian. Now, look at verse 8 and through 10. I love this. Notice, the Apostle Paul said, we're troubled on every side. He's not acting like positive thinking. And I'm just going to say something. Forgive me, Lord, and forgive me, church family, if it sounds critical. There's a lot of positive preaching today that don't really deal with main issues of sin and things we're dealing with. And it's flattery. Some of it is. And it gets uh, nice crowds and all that. But... Uh, uh, I believe the Lord's called us to be faithful to Him. And, and we, we're, we're realistic about this matter of troubled on every side. Persecution, and people don't really want to hear the Word of God. It's like water on a duck's back. If you really preach it like it is, sin is ugly and heaven is real. But look, we're troubled on every side. You know what that word troubled is? It's the word flebo. Flebo. Say that with me. Flebo. Three both. It means we are facing adversity, affliction on every side. Paul's saying this. How many of you parents, grandparents, how many of you workers, how many of you, be honest with me, you're facing trouble too. You've got trouble paying your bills. You've got trouble on your job. You've got troubles with your family. You've got troubles with your health. Can I get an Amen. Somebody said, you know you're getting older when your candles on your cake cost more than your cake. <laughs> I'm there, hello. Anyway, here's the bottom line. We're troubled on every side, yet we're not in distress. The word distress there means we're not going to be hemmed in. We're not going to be caught off guard. We're, we're troubled. How many of y'all got troubles on every side? <laughs> I believe I'm preaching to somebody today. We got troubles on every side. But Paul said, and we can say, thank God the troubles might come. The Lord didn't tell us he's going to take us from the trouble, but he did tell us he's going to be with us in the trouble. And guess what? Grow, we grow stronger through the tribulation as a Christian. And God said, I prepared this for you. My hand's on the thermostat, as it were. The fire, it's got to be the right temperature 
immature. But God said, there's some impurities in your life that he sees in my life. And he says, I've got to get rid of them. I've got to burn them up. I've got to surface them impurities in your life that are unlike my son, the Lord Jesus, so that when people see you, they won't see you. They'll see Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. You see, that's the reason for suffering. That's the biblical definition why God and how the Lord uses our tribulation to grow us stronger in faith, to grow us stronger in Him, to help us to shine the light in the midst of suffering and heartache and disappointment. And so is there anybody here today that say, you know, I'm going through this with trouble on every side, not distress. We're perplexed. That is, uh, we see no way out, but we're not in despair. We're not going to lose heart. There's somebody you need to get to God today. You need to say, Lord, all it takes is a, a thunderstorm. All it takes is a rain. All it takes is a cloudy day. All it takes is a negative word to get me down. How many know what I'm talking about? You wake up tomorrow morning, and all it'll take is a negative thing tomorrow to get you down. You know what I'm saying. Or somebody would say, all it takes is something to happen. And then the next thing you know, I'm defeated. I'm not living in victory. Therefore, today, we can pray for the Lord to sustain us. We are perplexed, but we're not losing heart. We're not losing hope. Why? There's hope in the Lord. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Look, the Lord Jesus, we can thank him today for the trials. Is there anybody here today to say, you know, I want to thank God right now. I've been whining about my trial and self-imposed things, and I got a feeling sometimes we enjoy uh, having the attention, hello, attention that comes through pity parties. How many of y'all have ever thrown a pity party? You know who comes to a pity party? Me, myself, and I. That's it. Me, myself, and I. No, 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 wait a minute. I forgot. Me, myself, and I and the devil comes to the pity party. If God really loved you, you wouldn't be going through this. And I was telling you, I was talking with this dear lady about some of the things she was going through. And, and bless her heart, uh, you, you know, I'm not saying at times we don't get down. But aren't you glad, thank God, we don't have to stay down. And God can lift you up today, no matter who you are. Now, look, here's, here's what I want to share at the last, number five, the reason we ought to, oh, thank God, thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's getting us ready for our home-going destination. And here's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We've already read verse 14 and 15, Thanksgiving. But now, notice, notice, I love this part right here. Look up here just a moment. For which cause, Paul says, we faint not. That is, we don't lose heart. We don't give up. But through our outward man perish. How many know what that means? How many of y'all are at least 60 years old and older? How many of you know that what don't hurt don't work? <laughs> hey, praise the Lord anyway, right? And some of y'all look at me like, man, you're a young whippersnapper. Well, my dear friend, you say this, Brother Randy, it ain't fun getting older. <laughs> He said, but it's always joy to grow gracefully. So you can have, hey, look at me. You can't help the wrinkles on your face, but we can help the wrinkles when they get on our heart. No matter what we go through, we'll stay with Jesus. He'll keep us sweet. But I'll tell you what, without the Lord, I get a bitter, I get bitter. Anybody else get bitter? 
mad, you get bitter, you're hurting, and you're complaining, and this and that and the other, instead of rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I said, our outer man, this word means decaying. Yet the inward man is being renewed, transformed day by day. You know what he's saying here? This will bless you. This old spirit this inside of this old earthly suit, you know what it's doing? It's pushing, saying, I got to get out of this thing. <laughs> that old spirit saying, I got to get out. I got to get, I'm leaving. This house is going up for sale. It's going up for sale. You do know that, don't you? How many know that there's going to come a time when you and I go to meet the Lord? Amen. That's inevitable. It's the point of a man wants to die after this judgment. We can get all stuff in our life to try to forget that and try to get busy, and it don't matter. It's inevitable. And, and so, our outer man's perishing. Our inner man, this spirit's pushing against the body, saying, let me out of this old house. It's leaking oh, the plumbing, and the electricity wires are frayed, and the old house is leaning a little bit, but one day we're going to have a new body. I said, one day we're going to have a glorified body. I said, one day we're going to get to see Jesus. I said, one day there's the great promises of heaven. I said, thanks be to God. I want to praise the Lord. This is not the end. The best is yet to come. Yes, it is. Now, look, and I'm not saying this any other way, but if you've been around as many people as I have been the last two months that have died, 39-year-old, 66-year-old, 76-year-old, 80-year-old, 64-year-old, 56-year-old, 52-year-old, and that's just in two months. If you've been around that many people, then all of a sudden you can't help but just, you know, the reality of life and the life hereafter. Look at it. Our light affliction. If it was me right now, I'd say, man, I'm troubled on every side. Man, this is heavy stuff. I can't handle it anymore. Our light affliction was but for a moment compared to eternity. It worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Weigh it out. Trouble now. Trials now. Pressure now. Anxiety now. Fear now. Uh, you know, adversity now. But wait a minute. In the light of eternity, why we look not at the things which are seen. They're temporal. And we all do it. We look at the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are, what's this? You know what this word means, temporal? It means a season. How many know that every one of us are going through a season right now in our life? Look outside. You see the leaves changing beautiful colors. It's a season. You're in a season in your life right now. You realize that, right? You don't know how much more seasons any of us have. It's temporal, but the things which are unseen are eternal. I got a call on Wednesday this week. Let me tell you what happened, and I'll close on this, okay? Just a few weeks ago, I went out to the portico after church, after the three, four services on, uh, three services on Sunday morning, two in the morning, Sunday school, and it was about one o'clock, and a man showed up out there under the portico. I'd never seen him before. Tall man, 6'2", 6'3", 300 pounds. How many know I was looking back? <laughs> Amen. Anyway, he showed up, and I didn't know who he was. But anyway, he was a nice man, soft-spoken man, and he told me this. He said, my wife and I would like to come to visit the church sometime, and she's got kin folks that, that uh, you know, were in the church, et cetera, et cetera. He said, uh, my name is, and he told me his name, and I shook his hand, and I said, I'll tell you what, why don't we just walk through the church right now? 
I've got a few minutes. Everybody else is gone, and you're here, and I'm here. We'll just walk through the church, and I'll show you a little bit about it in case y'all are able to come back. So we walked through the church. Long story short, after we stayed about five, ten minutes, as we were leaving in the hall, the Lord moved on my heart to ask this man. I looked at him. I said, George, 56 years old. Have you got a relationship with Jesus, George? <laughs> Have you ever asked Jesus to forgive your sin and save you? He said, yes, I have. He said, I'm from Louisiana. I was a repossessor of cars. I've had a rough life, but yes, I have done that. I had no idea that George would go in the hospital October the 23rd, and George would pass away October the 25th. I'll be preaching his funeral this coming Saturday. One time met him, one time talked with him. What am I saying? I'm saying this. Thank you, Jesus, for what time we've got left. And the church said, Let's stand together. Let's purpose in our heart right now that we'll finish faithful, that we will fulfill God's plan and purpose. Remember, thank you, Jesus, because your grace is in place for the race. With your vision, your great salvation, with the transformation, your gifting, your callings, yes, to fulfill your mission. Thank you, Jesus. We're growing stronger. Will you thank him now, growing stronger through tribulation? Will you thank him now, because he's getting ready to take us to our final destination? Let's just purpose in our heart, maybe for the Lord to cleanse us, maybe for the Lord to give us grace to get in the race as we have this moment to respond to what God said through his word today. You'll respond one of ways, whether you know it or not. You'll respond doing nothing. You respond doing something, or you respond saying no. So you're going to respond either way. How are you going to respond to what the Lord said? Do nothing? I believe God's saying, I love you. I'm speaking to you. I'm preparing many of you. Father, thank you for, oh, Lord, your mercy, your grace for the race. And we need you every moment of every day. Lord, I pray you'll... Fill us afresh with Holy Ghost power to fulfill your purpose on earth. <laughs> You've been good to me. You've been good to us. And we trust you now to save the lost, revive the saved. And we pray it in Jesus' name.